Welcome to the Diplomacy and Discourse podcast. I'm your host, MR. I want to express my deep appreciation to each one of you for joining us on this episode. Your time and attention are incredibly valuable, and I'm genuinely grateful that you've chosen to be part of our conversations. If you found value in what you've heard today, your generosity in leaving a review on your preferred platform would mean the world to us. These reviews serve as both motivation and assistance in broadening our reach to connect with a wider audience. The power of word of mouth should not be underestimated, and I encourage you to share our podcasts with friends, families, and colleagues who may also discover it engaging and enlightening. Your referrals can have a profound impact on expanding our community. I am dedicated to delivering fresh episodes every Monday, brimming with insightful discussions and meaningful perspectives. Your ongoing support ignites our commitment to producing content that resonates with you. Once more, I extend my heartfelt thanks for being part of our podcast journey. Your presence and active engagement truly make a significant difference. Sustainable development is a concept that recognizes the need to balance economic, social, and environmental concerns to ensure a healthy and prosperous future. It is an approach to development that seeks to meet the needs of the present without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own needs. The idea of sustainable development has become increasingly pertinent as global climate change and other environmental issues become more pressing. It is a complex concept with numerous aspects and it remains the subject of extensive debate around how to define and measure it. This debate stems from the fact that there is no universally accepted definition of sustainability. Even if so, the theoretical description may change depending on the results of the practical application. Achieving sustainable development requires balancing economic, social, and environmental goals. In order to do this, it is essential to focus on creating policies and solutions that are tailored to specific contexts. Ultimately, the success of sustainable development depends on the implementation of these strategies over time. Measurement and approaches to sustainability have been determined quantitatively and qualitatively. Quantitative measures is a numerical method of gathering and analyzing data, while qualitative measures involve a more subjective approach that focuses on individual perspectives and experiences. Both serve as an effective source to deepen our understanding of such a multidimensional concept. Additionally, qualitative methods are used for storytelling, piloting ideas, generating insights, and unlocking the underpinning motivations and perspectives. So, on the one hand, quantitative measures is excellent for testing and refining hypothesis, while on the other hand, qualitative measures are great for discovering the why behind behaviors, attitudes, and experiences. 
Both approaches provide valuable information that can be used to develop strategies for addressing complex challenges and opportunities. Such a research method is relevant to the concept of sustainability because content analysis and descriptive research, for example, are crucial to identifying the roots of highly contested issues. This is done by humanizing those we study and bring our quantitative analysis to life. This type of research allows us to gain a deeper understanding of the issues at hand, develop solutions tailored to the context, and adequately address the needs of those involved. Ultimately, this type of research is invaluable to the sustainability of our planet. Quantitative measures provide a systematic approach to measuring and analyzing data. This allows us to compare different scenarios and better understand existing trends and relationships. Quantitative measures are objective and consistent, making it easier to compare data points across different contexts. They also give us a better understanding of the underlying patterns and relationships with the data, allowing us to make more accurate predictions and decisions. With quantitative research, we can identify and quantify the impacts of sustainable development initiatives, as well as measure the effectiveness of various strategies. Through quantitative analysis, we can also better understand the efficacy of sustainable development policies and the effectiveness of various approaches to long-term sustainability. The Brundtland Commission, formerly known as the World Commission on Environment and Development, was established in 1983 by the United Nations to address the issue of sustainable development. The Commission's report, titled Our Common Future, was published in 1987 and established the concept of sustainable development as a means of balancing economic growth with environmental protection. The Brundtland Commission defines sustainability as, quote, meeting our present needs without compromising the ability of future generations to meet their own, end quote. It explained that the three components of sustainability include environmental conservation, social responsibility, and economic development. In efforts to get on the same page in understanding the risks associated with not addressing these issues, a conversation about the non-quantifiable aspects is warranted. These include, but are not limited to, how the lack of these three elements promotes or impedes the general welfare of our communities. This is done via speaking to the actors who quantify the numbers to determine funding amounts as an end. The funding in this context is used to support sustainable development initiatives. This can include investment in infrastructure, research, and development initiatives to promote sustainable practices. Additionally, the funding can be used to support communities in transitioning to more sustainable practices, such as investing in green energy and renewable resources. The funds can also be used to support research and development initiatives aimed at understanding and mitigating the effects of climate change. By investing in infrastructure, research, and development initiatives, the government can increase access to sustainable technologies, create jobs, and support businesses and communities to shift to a more sustainable future. 
Additionally, research initiatives can help us better understand the causes and effects of climate change and develop solutions to mitigate its impacts. Finally, the funds can create incentives for businesses to adopt sustainable practices, such as providing tax breaks or subsidies to businesses that reduce their carbon footprint. In order to uncover case studies and stories, we use qualitative methods in order to guide us toward the end goal. Qualitative methods, such as interviews and focus groups, enable us to understand the lived experience of individuals, communities, and organizations as they relate to climate change. This type of information is invaluable in creating effective strategies and solutions to address climate change. In addition, qualitative methods can be used to bring theories from other disciplines. This provides social scientists with more tools to analyze the concept of sustainability. The combination of theories can be used as building blocks to generate a holistic definition of sustainability. A further voice and the possibility of a method of analysis are once again considered slash used in this analysis. More importantly, qualitative methods can be used to convene the voices of national, local, and individual actors as it is crucial for all parties impacted to have a seat at the table. Qualitative methods can be applied today to trace where scholars have diverged and how we enrich our understanding of sustainability. Finally, qualitative methods can push contentious issues onto the policy agenda through compelling stories that signal the urgency of sustainable development. On the other hand, quantitative methods are renowned for their accuracy and objectivity in the field of science and social science. It allows us to understand the extent to which various elements of sustainability are present in given contexts. This helps us determine the effectiveness of initiatives aimed at promoting sustainable practices. In contrast to qualitative methods, quantitative methods provide a quantifiable and verifiable data. This data can be used to measure the progress of sustainability initiatives as well as to identify the areas of improvement. Quantitative data can also be used to identify correlations between various elements of sustainability, such as the impact of infrastructure investments on the environment or the effect of renewable energy sources on climate change. This information can then be used to inform decision-making in the development of sustainability initiatives. As previously mentioned, there are many definitions of sustainability and a plethora of strategies used to move the theoretical concepts into practical applications. Authors Becky J. Brown, Mark E. Hansen, Diana M. Liverman, and Robert W. Meredith in their 1987 work, Global Sustainability Toward Definition, attempted to compare and contrast different meanings and intellectual roots of their general concept of sustainability for the purpose of working toward a common understanding. The authors define sustainability as the ability of a system to maintain its current state despite disturbances and stresses. They argue that natural resource management systems should be based on a sustainable approach in order to preserve the environment for future generations. They likewise call for a holistic perspective when considering the sustainability of a system. This holistic perspective should include economic, social, and environmental aspects of a system. It should consider the interrelationships between these different components. Such an approach 
would enable us to identify and address the underlying causes of environmental degradation. It would also enable us to promote practices that ensure system sustainability. This includes adopting responsible consumption and production practices, which involve reducing waste, encourage product reuse and recycling, and promote the use of renewable resources. It also involves investing in green infrastructure, such as renewable energy resources, green transportation, and green buildings. Finally, it requires the implementation of effective policies and regulations that will ensure the long-term sustainability of the system. There is no universally accepted definition of sustainability due to its inherent complexity. The concept of sustainability is multidimensional and has different meanings in different contexts. In addition, the meaning of sustainability has evolved over time as new elements and considerations have been added. This makes it difficult to come up with a single definition that is universally accepted. Furthermore, different stakeholders have different perspectives on sustainability, which further complicates the process of developing a common definition of sustainability. Due to the lack of a universally accepted definition, the concept is difficult to grasp completely. However, the most challenging element to grasp about sustainability, once there is a definition understanding and an agreed upon definition, is determining how the pinpointed priorities that need to be quote-unquote sustained are weighted in terms of importance, which is important for understanding the logic behind and justifications for resource distribution, especially in the case of managing quote-unquote conflicting priorities. For example, the aforementioned authors focused on quote, sustainable biological resource use, sustainable agriculture, carrying capacity, sustainable energy, sustainable society and sustainable economy, and sustainable development, end quote. These six meanings converge around two major aspects, those that emphasize ecology and those that emphasize economics. According to the authors, sustainable biological resource use refers to the use of resources in a way that does not cause them to be depleted or degraded over time. Sustainable agriculture focuses on the use of agricultural practices that are sustainable and beneficial for both long-term productivity and environmental health. Carrying capacity refers to the maximum number of organisms that an environment can support over a given period of time. Sustainable energy refers to the use of energy sources that are renewable and sustainable, such as solar, wind, and geothermal energy. Sustainable society and sustainable economy refers to the creation of a society and economy that is not only self-sustaining, but also promotes social and economic equity. Finally, sustainable development refers to the use of resources and practices that are sustainable and encourage economic growth. These six meanings revolve around two significant sustainability aspects, ecology and economics. Ecology focuses on resources in a way that does not cause them to be depleted or degraded over time, while economics focuses on using sustainable resources and practice that promotes economic growth. Determining how to prioritize ecological sustainability 
and economic sustainability may prove difficult. This is especially true considering that the needs of one may come at the expense of the other. The most desirable economic result may not directly support ecological preservation. It would, however, be helpful to have a deeper understanding of the significant sustainability focus areas and their measures and their decisions and justifications around their priority rankings. The strategy that may be most helpful in gaining this understanding is a cost-benefit analysis with justifications from the policy design and implementation fields. A cost-benefit analysis is a type of economic evaluation used to measure the cost and benefits of a particular project or policy. It involves comparing the costs of a project or a policy to its benefits, considering both the tangible and intangible costs and benefits. This analysis helps to identify which projects or policies are most cost-effective and, therefore, should be prioritized. Ultimately, the goal of a cost-benefit analysis is to determine whether the potential benefits of a project or policy outweigh the costs associated with it. Therefore, a cost-benefit analysis can serve as a practical guide for analyzing the pros and cons around how to weigh specific focus areas prior to execution. Contextually speaking, determining whether to focus on ecological sustainability versus economic sustainability will depend on various situational factors in a particular environment. To decide on this, understanding the problem and the policy outlined to remedy the situation would guide the process. In other words, our cost-benefit analysis should be context-slash-issue specific, with policy design techniques as justifications for the weight supplied. In order to advance discussions around sustainability-focused area methods moving forward, combining a cost-benefit analysis, policy design, and implementation approach is advantageous. Outlining a process can help ensure due diligence in creating a streamlined, step-by-step -step trail. This can then be used as a justifiable template to operate on and learn from for future decision-making around sustainability. Throughout the many years of serious discussions regarding sustainability, independent and discrete capabilities and adeptness for sustainability have been presented with large quantities of awareness and consciousness. Among these are compositions and humanities relating to education, politics, law, durability, and business management. In regards to the aforementioned author's work, they traversed and explored the explanations highlighting contemporary and peculiar moral deficiencies in the field of communal sustainability. And, in my opinion, there are two wicked problems associated with sustainability because of a lack of normative competence and action competence in both theoretical and practical aspects. For example, there is a lack of normative competence in the theoretical elements of sustainability regarding international cooperation as nations do not always comply with international agreements such as the Paris Climate Agreement. The Paris Climate Agreement is an international agreement to keep the global temperature increase below 2 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels and to pursue efforts to keep it to 1.5 degrees Celsius. The deal was reached in 2015 and entered into effect in November 2016. 
the agreement commits countries to reduce emissions and to provide financial support to developing countries to help them transition to cleaner energy sources. In terms of practical aspects, there is a lack of action competence, as organizations and governments do not always take the necessary steps to implement the agreed-upon policies. Additionally, there is a lack of public awareness regarding the importance of sustainability, which further reduces the ability of governments and organizations to take action. Considering sustainability as a convoluted or wicked problem, there are yet to be definitive definitions and definitions of what normativity means regarding to normative expertise and what responsible action means regarding action resources. A wicked problem is a complex issue that is difficult to resolve due to its interconnected nature with no single answer or solution. In the transdisciplinary case of sustainability, wicked problems are characterized by their complexity, lack of consensus, and difficulty in arriving at a definitive solution. Moreover, wicked problems in terms of sustainability are often characterized by a lack of normative and action competence. Normative competence refers to the ability to make sound moral decisions, while action competence refers to the ability to take responsible action. That said, there needs to be a greater focus on how these principled and virtuous competencies are interconnected in articles and open-air discussions. Rationalizing the integrity of the ethical frame of mind on both positive skills is imperative. This is because perspectives like these can take the wickedness of sustainability into account. To address the issue of sustainability, it is important to understand the need for both moral decision-making and responsible action. This means that when individuals are able to consider the ethical implications of sustainability, they can come up with policy-level solutions that are both effective and morally sound. This requires understanding the ethical implications of sustainability and applying that knowledge to develop policy solutions. This allows sustainability to be seen as a positive goal and something that can be achieved through the practices of individuals and organizations. This is the key to making sustainability a lasting change for the benefit of all. By emphasizing the ethical implications of sustainability, Individuals and organizations can make more informed decisions that promote a better future for all. In Ecuador, voters stopped an oil project in the region of the Amazon. Over 60% of the voters supported a referendum that banned the development of new oil wells within a national park. This means that the country's state oil firm, Petro-Ecuador, will have to stop all of its activities in the region within a year. Petro-Ecuador has planned to build new oil wells in the region, but the referendum has ended those plans. This is a victory for environmental activists who have been campaigning against the oil project for years. The region known as Yasuni is located on Ecuador's border with Peru. It features several indigenous groups, such as the Tagiri and the Taromanene. In 1989, it was named a UNESCO site due to its unique biodiversity. 
It holds one of the biggest crude oil reserves in the country, accounting for 12% of the country's total production. Being a UNESCO site means that the area is recognized as having special cultural, historical, or scientific significance and is thus protected from development or exploitation. UNESCO sites are given additional protection in order to preserve their unique features and characteristics. According to Petro Ecuador, the referendum would cost the country around $13.8 billion in lost income over the next few decades. Over 70% of the workers in Ecuador voted to ban gold mining in the Choco Andino forest, which is located northwest of the country's capital Quito. It was also named a biosphere site by UNESCO in 2018. UNESCO requires that a place must have a unique biodiversity and cultural, historical, or scientific significance in order to be named a biosphere. Additionally, the site must demonstrate a balance between conservation and sustainable development. It must also be able to protect the environment while promoting the well-being of local communities. The recent vote in Ecuador to ban oil development in an oil-rich slice of Yasuni National Park is a key example of how moral principles and values can be considered in making sound decisions on sustainability issues. The decision to halt the oil drilling project was based on the ethical implications of such an undertaking, such as the destruction of the local environment and the potential consequences for the indigenous population. By taking a moral stance on the issue, the Ecuadorian people were able to come to a consensus on a policy-level solution that was both effective and morally sound. This demonstrates the importance of taking the ethical implications of sustainability into account when making decisions, as this can lead to more informed and responsible policy-level solutions that promote a better future for all. Sustainable practices can also be encouraged by utilizing the power of education. By educating individuals, communities, and organizations on the importance of sustainability, people can become more aware of the impact of their actions and how their decisions can shape the future. Through education, people can learn to make sustainable decisions that will benefit the environment and promote social justice. Furthermore, education can also help individuals in developing countries to understand the value and importance of sustainable practices and to be able to take action to protect their environment. Education can also help to raise awareness of the need for sustainable practices, such as proper waste management, water conservation, and energy efficiency to reduce the environmental footprint of individuals and organizations. Finally, education can help build greater understanding between individuals and organizations, allowing for collaboration and constructive dialogue on sustainability. So in conclusion, a cost-benefit analysis with justifications from the policy design and implementation fields helps understand and weigh the various sustainability-focused areas. The results of this analytics can then be used to determine which projects or policies should be prioritized. This approach can help ensure that decisions are made in an informed and justifiable manner and can be used as a template for future decision-making around sustainability. Ultimately, by emphasizing the importance of the ethical implications of sustainability, individuals and organizations can make more informed decisions that will contribute to a better future for all.